two things are happening at the Pete the Planner, Your Moneyline World Headquarters today. Number one, the office next to my studio is being painted. So I could be overcome with fumes at any point in time. And Kristen and Dane would have to take over the show. And number two, a vendor dropped off a giant box of crumble cookies yesterday. And so it smells like sugar and paint in here. Welcome to the Pete the Planner Show. Hello. It's my friend's sugar and paint. Hey, sugar. He's talking to you. <laughs> he ain't. Well, I guess ah. I guess for HR purposes, we better hope he is. And hello, uh, Paint. <laughs> hello. <laughs> that was a trick. It was a trick. I saw both of you in person this week. True. I'm just thinking, I'm concerned for the office. Crumble cookies today. You had some delicious rise and roll donut holes earlier this week. I mean, this is not setting a great trend. Jameson makes it in uh, to the live stream. J- I saw Jameson's son, Lincoln, mm. uh, turn 19 this week. Ooh. Dame, can you believe that? No, I feel very old really quick. I do. Like, long-time listener. Happy birthday, young man. Uh, Danza, Faya, Faya, Faya. Andy, hello. Big Rick Swink, hello. Uh, all right. Uh, so there was no show last week, and I think you're owed an explanation. Uh Ah, Kristen, were you going to be on last week? Yeah, you were, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I arrived at our offices and I did not feel well on Friday morning. And then within about a half hour of being here, I went way downhill, texted these two people here, and uh, I went home and just collapsed for the rest of the day. I got like a 24-hour bug. It was terrible. And our other coworker, Ben, got it too. So... uh no show last week because I was uh, not doing well, but I'm fine now. That's all that really matters. You're fine. You're here. You're back. You rallied. Yeah. Now I'm filling myself with baked goods. Kristen, you were in Texas this week. Yeah, I was. I was in Houston. Was it nice to be back? Very nice. It was 94 degrees at 5 a.m. yesterday when we left Houston. Nope. So <laughs> nope. landing in Indiana was really refreshing. <laughs> yeah. No, it says no one ever. But it was a dry heat, right? No. No. Not in I know. I'm just being <laughs> I'm like, oh, my. Uh, we are going to have a special Thursday episode next week, by the way. Mm-hmm. 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern, right? Is that when we do the show? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. There we go. I'm going to take a couple days off. Go, go recharge. Okay. The show this week is going to be uh, what? A couple emails and a newspaper column, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Fantastic. And, of course... A bomb and news. Okay. Kristen, you haven't been on the show since May. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It may. Yeah. Whew. It has been a while, though. That's fair. Yeah. It has. Okay. Let's start the show. Let's see if we can find any energy today. Doubtful. Three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You can email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com, and uh, we'll answer your question. That's that's how it works. There's other people that work here on this show. One is Kristen Alanius. Hello, Kristen. Hello, Pete. And one is Damian Dunn, who, from my understanding, was once kicked out of a ninth grade basketball practice because of something he did during a jump ball drill. And listeners of the show wonder if you remember what it is. All right. So, Dame, hello. Welcome to the show. 
Hey, Pete. Yes, I do remember. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we've got an email, askpete at peteplayer.com, that came in this week about rulers, 401ks. Hello, Pete. Pete and Kristen. Wait a second. Uh, I'm looking into the possibility of doing a direct transfer rollover from a previous employer's retirement plan into my current employer's plan. The old plan has more than three times the amount of what the balance is in my current plan, just due to longevity. Are there big pros and cons of rolling over funds? Is the main advantage of consolidating plans for convenience of managing one account, having funds in one place, etc.? I assume it's okay to leave it where it's at. You come retirement time, three to four years away, just have the two accounts to withdraw from. Thanks, Vic. Well, here's what you can do. Just call us on Monday and we'll set you up with an IRA here at the Pete the Platter. No, that's not how this show works. Uh, we're actually going to answer your question. It doesn't not, It doesn't require you to call us or do business with us. Dame, pretty common question. Uh, and I think what trips people up is moving a big account into a small account. Mm -hmm. I think that's why it feels confusing. Yeah, it, there's really nothing wrong with doing this, but there are certain things you want to pay attention to. I mean, what are the fun? What's the fund selection look like in both of the accounts? Maybe you have access to some funds in the old account at your old employer that you really like that you don't have access to in the new one. You want to take that into consideration. You also want to think about the expenses that are wrapped into both of those accounts that are being offered to you. Are you paying more at one versus the other? If that's the case, well, you want to try and keep most of your funds at the least expensive of those two accounts. They're going to function the same. I mean, you're, it's not like you're going to lose out on a match or anything like that with your new employer. If you keep it separately or if you combine accounts, you get a bigger match. That doesn't happen that way. It's based off of contributions. So, this is really more of an administrative decision in my estimation. I, you may disagree, but this comes down to uh, can you track both accounts if you decide to keep them separate or are you better off uh, for either financial or uh, just organizational reasons to combine both? What do you two think? Kristen, beyond, is there any go deeper beyond fees and performance? I don't think so. Maybe the only other thing that I would mention, which I'm, would be that it's easier for you. You don't have to keep track of two. Um, that, and I don't think Dame touched on that unless I totally missed it. He did. You missed it. Hey, uh, can I play Diablo's advocate here for a second? Oh, um, wouldn't it be more prudent to roll that over, not into the company plan, but into a separate IRA? So then you have more flexibility and options than going to the limited menu that is your current employer's 401k menu? Kristen, I uh, hogged and jeopardized the first answer. Why don't you answer that one? Um, I don't know if I totally agree just when I think about behavior when it comes to person's behavior, which is why I touched on what Dame had already mentioned is just because it was my point I wanted to make. I am a, I'm a huge advocate for keeping it all together just because it doesn't take up additional bandwidth. So I think that even when presented with that option, I might lean toward rolling it into the same account because it just eliminates another account that someone has to keep track of. You know, beyond that, Dame, uh, to Kristen's point, which was your point, um, I think of uh, this idea that at distribution, you're going to have to do two sets of distribution paperwork. You're going to have yeah. to get two monthly income streams. And it seems like a complete waste of time. I want to make sure that we're clear on this because it, it could be 
um, a little confusing for listeners. For RMDs, for required minimum distributions, when you have IRAs, let's say you have three IRAs for whatever reason spread out all over you know, maybe a couple different vendors, you can take all of the calculated RMD from one account, one IRA account. With 401ks, that's not the case. You would, If you have two different 401k accounts when you retire, you have to take a required minimum distribution from each of those. Now, if you were to roll both of those 401ks into one 401k or one IRA, you've, got, you've uh, simplified the tracking process and it's much easier to meet the requirements of a required minimum distribution. So yeah, again, administratively, this is uh, another concern that you have to take into consideration wow that's great wordsmithing wait a second Kristen. he's suggesting that's a consideration you have to take into <laughs> consideration yeah. yeah what about the fact that the emailer said that retirement's three to four years away is it just do you just wait at this point if you're going to retire just make one decision in three to four years yeah if you don't have a financial advisor lined up this is certainly going to be a conversation that, that you have with that person when you get ready to retire. So you might end up transferring an account and leaving it there for two, three years before you actually make another transfer into another kind of account. Not that, not that moving into an IRA is always the right answer. This always makes me think when someone leaves a job that they haven't been to for a very long time and it's a small 401k balance, how often people just cash it out because it feels insignificant. I, I back in the day when I used to do this, <laughs> uh, I saw it all the time. People were just like, ah, it's seventeen hundred bucks. I'm just gonna cash it out. And it, like, the theory, like, nothing about that makes sense. Like, literally nothing about it. It's they find a problem to solve with an amount of money that creates another problem. It's very weird. There are uh, rules now that if your balance is under a certain amount and you leave work with that employer. They either do one of two things. If it's under, I believe, a thousand bucks, they cash it out and send you a check. Ooh. And if it's under five thousand dollars, they essentially kick it out of the plan and put it into an IRA. So I I may be off on those numbers, but if it's a smaller balance, you may not have a whole lot of say in what happens. Kristen, how many different retirement account? Uh, do you have with various companies? Maybe let me ask it differently. Mm. How many companies <laughs> do you have a retirement account with? Two, but I'm working on making that one. Okay. Dame, how many companies do you have retirement accounts with? Two. Does that include Mrs. Advice? Yes. Nice. Okay. My answer is less ideal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's a lot, but, but, but not, there's a lot, not, I'm not saying there's a lot of money. There's just a lot of different company. Like I'd say five or six. Does one, and don't, I answer this if you don't want to, does one person have oversight of all of those accounts How other than you and Mrs. Planner? Uh, no, just me, it, which is dumb because in the event that I, you know, these paint fumes coming through the bottom of the studio door, take me out. Like they feel like they're going to then Mrs. Planner would have to go to the Pete's dead binder and track down all the things, which is still a pain in the neck. It'd be much easier if she could just access the one account. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Uh, so be sure to take your financial advice from me, <laughs> an idiot. Uh, all right. So to Vic's question, Dame, roll it over. I'd hit the pause button on the rollover. Kristen, roll it over. I would pause for retirement. 
Peter, roll it over. I'm sorry. <laughs> Everyone has turned the station. Like there are people all over central Indiana in their cars driving to crumble cookies right now, which I think are closed on Sundays. Uh, and they're upset that I'm using that voice. Dame, coming up on the show yet this week, we've got a question about long-term care insurance, a small question about investing in company stock. I'm going to talk through my column. The one question you should ask your financial advisor so they can criticize you to great detail <laughs> by design. All that's next right here on the Pete the Planner show. I'm Pete the Planner. I'm feeling incredibly low energy. <laughs> like I'm feeling, I feel like I've never done this before. Do you, uh, do you want me to tell you the story that got me kicked out of a ninth grade basketball practice now that we're off the air? Oh, you bet your shorts I do. Actually, it I has something to do, to do with, with shorts. Yeah, yeah you defeat somebody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. It was a jump ball drill. Pete, you play basketball. You uh, yeah. jump ball and it goes away and you chase it down and it, then it becomes a loose ball drill after that and you, sure. you jump on it. Just exactly what teenage boys want to do. So we line up and I, you know, you always gauge who you're going to be jumping against and, and what strategy you might be able to employ. And I see who I'm, I'm going to jump against. I recognize that there may be a better option, which is uh, as they jump, I hold on to their shorts and they go down to their ankles. <laughs> sure enough, worked out just as planned. Uh, everybody falls on the floor laughing, except, of course, for the kid who was pants uh, and the coach bully. coach kicked me out uh, and come to find out I have a conversation with him years later he said it was the funniest thing he'd ever seen in a practice but he couldn't <laughs> let me get away with it so it, I feel I'm, like it was well well done I'm not going to turn into like the media these days I'm not going to do that but don't you get the feeling like if that happened today it would be like the lead story on the local newscast and it very would possibly be very possibly there could have been lawsuits I mean that yeah probably I'm not that way, right? Just so you know, I'm not that way that it's like, can't get away with anything. It's not me. But but I also have to admit, something that benign, just a little bit of tomfoolery, seems like it would be uh, news these days. I don't think a coach would find it nearly as funny these days as he secretly did uh, back then. Isn't perspective interesting? Because if we're telling this story of, hey, Kristen, I know this guy that um, removed... Uh, a middle school boy's pants in high school high school boy's pants thank you it's a different story if you say it that way you know yeah context matters yeah <laughs> this is gonna go terrible yeah, this I tried might to be the worst show we ever do worse than our 500th anniversary show or 500th episode show oh, i was terrible <laughs> i uh I don't know. I, you guys, I, I don't know. I think it's because I got here too early today. So my caffeine peaks hit at a different time. I'm putting this in your HR file. We're going to have to have a conversation. You're the one that's removing teenage pants. Context. Okay. This is going to go poorly. Um, let's do the rest of the show. Boy, I'm so, though, every podcaster, here's what I want you to do right now. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what to say. Here we go. Three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. One day this will go down as the greatest show we've ever recorded on July 14th of 2023. Dear Pete, I've been researching long-term care insurance options 
I'm a 58-year-old female with no major health issues. Dame, are you interested? In the rest of the email, yes. Oh. My parents had long-term care insurance, and it was a blessing to have options when needing extended care for them. My fiduciary recommends making a one-time payment of $50,000 right now to uh, a company. Dame, how many timeouts do I get? Uh, two per show. Okay. Can I have one right now? Uh, full or 20? 20. Okay. Full. Kristen, yeah. how often have you heard someone use fiduciary in that way, in the way that we just heard it used? Yeah, I definitely, this person has either really, really done their homework or the person they're talking to has just exclusively used that word. I'm not sure which one, uh, but one of those two is true. So Dame, here's the other element that we're going to get into with this email. It doesn't sound like a fiduciary. Yeah, I, I, I'm i curious <laughs> a little bit, but I, I'm thinking the same as Kristen, I the person she's working with has either done a fabulous job of marketing themselves mm-hmm. or uh, it's a legit researched uh, option and our emailer is on top of many things. Maybe it's the same person that her parents worked with. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Okay, So I, I'm going to reread that sentence because I think it how it blends into the next sentence has me thinking how like, yeah. the wheels are turning here. My fiduciary recommends making a one-time payment of $50,000 right now to a company to purchase long-term care insurance. The company would then invest the $50,000 and that is what would be used for coverage. By the way, I have $50,000 to invest, but I'm just not sure this is the best route to take concept is new to me versus the much more familiar annual premium payments starting around age 60. I'd love to hear your thoughts on whether the lump sum one-time payment is more or less favorable than the annual premium payments. Thanks, Diane. Ooh. Okay. Does does this sound like a hybrid life insurance policy to you, Pete? It's asset. No, it's asset-based long-term care. It's asset-based long-term care, which I like, actually. I mean, here's what's going to happen. I actually love asset-based long-term care. I think it makes a lot of sense. But I got some major, major issues with the context of what's happening here. Kristen, am I off base to suggest that this may not necessarily be a fiduciary it context does matter so we could certainly not have all of the information but given what we do know i don't think that you're off base there's nothing by the way there's nothing wrong with long-term care and if you have a fiduciary and they suggest long-term care even this asset-based long-term care which i love there isn't necessarily anything wrong with that but something doesn't seem right about this did we? Did you use her uh, the emailer's name at the end? Did you read it or did you just Diane. say? It? And she lives at three four six two Ferguson <laughs> Lane in Pittsburgh, Indiana. No, no, I just Diane. Uh, Diane, if if you are listening to this, and I don't know if it's in your best interest yet, if you are, if you could email <laughs> us back with was that a fiduciary joke? Yes, uh, <laughs> that was funny. Uh, if you could email us back with like two more paragraphs of. Uh, just a, a little bit more context of maybe the overall financial situation that would give me a lot more confidence in how to answer this question. Because as a friend always says, the answer is it depends. Kristen, here's what I think here is I want to know how much money 
more than the $50,000 she has. Because I'm concerned with the lack of context around, I have $50,000 to invest. Is it only $50,000 to invest? Is it like, that concerns me. Yeah, it concerns me too. Is it, I have the $50,000 yeah. in a 401k somewhere or an old IRA somewhere and I can use it technically, or is it, I have $50,000 that I've saved explicitly for this purpose. And now I'm just trying to weigh the best route to spend mm -hmm. those dollars or invest those dollars. I don't know. I think it matters. And to Dame's point, I would love to have more context here. Yeah, she uses, you know, I'm working with my fiduciary. I have 50 grand to it. Maybe she's got investable yeah, assets of multi-millions of dollars. And it's like, hey, this, should I stroke this check? This is a decision I'm trying to face because I'm much more comfortable and familiar with the monthly or annual premiums that I would pay for a traditional long-term care policy. This is a new concept to me. And it sounds like it maybe hasn't been completely uh, explained or thoroughly explained to her satisfaction. Kristen, is typically in these situations, don't we say, okay, how much cash flow does this person have now and into retirement? Mm -hmm. And then you weigh that against how many assets the person has and then what those assets are doing for them. And usually what happens is, oh, tons of cash flow, not a lot of assets, do the premium payments. Or not a lot of cash flow, ton of assets, okay, do the asset-based long-term care. Is, is that an oversimplification or is that the way she should look at that? I don't think it's an oversimplification. I think it's totally fair. And if we, so if everything is just as it seems, which one did the two of you pick? The one-time payment or the annual or monthly premium payments? If it's the scenario I have built in my head, it's, 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 it's the one-time check, but I don't know. I just don't know enough. Uh, my, What's funny about this uh, situation that we've found ourselves in, friends, is that so often we get emails and it's what's not said where we're able to fill in the gaps and sort of figure it out. I don't know why this one's so perplexing. I think the use of the term fiduciary threw us off so bad because it's just like no one calls, no one just says, oh, my, my advisor. They don't just say my fiduciary. Like, no one says that. So it's confusing. My interest has peaked. I, I would. I want to know so yeah. much more. Okay, so anyway, I have no problem with asset-based long-term care whatsoever. I, and I, I, I don't know if fifty thousand is enough to put into an asset-based long-term care product. I always assume sort of like the core level you wanted to look at was like a hundred thousand yeah. dollars, and so that makes me nervous because if it's going to be adequate coverage, fifty thousand dollars wouldn't necessarily accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. And so therefore, oh, here we go. It's getting there. Therefore, I think it's, Dame, it's one of those situations in which it's not a fiduciary recommendation because it is the way to get the most commission. Commission, yeah. Ooh. Shots yeah. fired. Yikes. Because they would get less commission, hypothetically, on a monthly premium payment than they would a $50,000 lump sum because they're going to get, you know, in, in, in mm -hmm. life insurance, it's called target premium and they get compensated off of target premium. I'm not sure what the long-term care equivalent uh, is. And so that's why this is like just not making sense to me. Tell us, Diane, we have to know. Oh, we have to know. <laughs> I also feel like this is a uh, newspaper reader as mm. opposed to a podcast mm. listener. 
Uh-oh. which is always tough because I don't always, you know, I don't cross pollinate. They're not going to get both of them. Can you just make like the last two sentences of your next column? P.S. Diane, please email with more details. <laughs> It'd be like a Craigslist. Like, what are those called when you uh, uh, chance encounters or something like that? Where you're like, oh, you, missed you, encounters. Missed encounters. You yeah. brushed my clavicle in the fruit aisle <laughs> with your elbow. <laughs> I don't know anything about those. What are you talking about? I just have to say, and maybe we'll hit this during the break. I almost didn't say clavicle. <laughs> And I was, damn, I don't even like and type what I was about to say because I was just in this thing. I don't, no one will ever know what I was about to say because I, we work for the same company and that is a violation. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to hose off a little bit. We're going to come back. Kristen, I was interviewing uh, some people this week for a job opening in our company. And there was this question that interviewees were asking the interviewer, me, on a consistent basis. And it got me thinking, is this the question you should ask your financial advisor? We'll discuss that next on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Dame, I can't (laughs) believe the word that came to my mind. I'm not kidding. Oh, my gosh. It's the fumes, Pete. It's the fumes. You're, You're in a hostile work environment right now. I can't put that word in slack. Just means the next two segments are primed to be amazing. All right, here's Dame. Here's what I'm going to do. Okay, all right. I'm going to Google. Oh, I thought you were going to text it to me, and then I'm going to send you a link to what I was going to say. So I'm not actually typing to you what I was going to say, and I just want to see your reaction. I want to hear your reaction. Here it is. Does that work? That almost came out of my mouth. Oh, I mean the word. Uh, that would have taken that conversation in a different direction. How uncomfortable was that? Sorry, Kristen. It's fine. It may not be. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Check my email inbox later today. Your sister says this is a weird show today. I agree. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Sorry, Caitlin. I tried to get Caitlin to write in. She had a legitimate question for the show. Do you and know she what the question is? It. Yeah. Well, can you ask it? Can you well, change the name to like Schmeitland? Hey, from <laughs> our uh, email from uh, listener Schmeitland. Caitlin spelled differently. Um, I can put it in the channel for next week. It's a okay. good question. Okay, but it definitely won't be Caitlin's. It question won't be Caitlin's question. Well, she already decided, so it doesn't. I told her oh. that I was going to put oh. it on the show anyway, so she Even just better. made the decision. <laughs> Let's play a game where we criticize her decision. <clears throat> Perfect. I'm in. I like it. Next okay. Thursday, 10 a.m., it's a new show called Was Caitlin Wrong? Yes. <laughs> oh, she was? Uh-oh. Oh, don't I don't want to say. Oh, don't ruin it. We're going to ruin it. We'll lose a listener. Next Stop. Thursday. <laughs> and you're going to lose a sister. Okay. Uh, whoa. Uh, Jameson uh, said, the show just started skipping, repeating like a broken record skipping. He had to leave and come back to the stream. It was bonkers. That's a Facebook problem. Oh, sure. Blame Meta. Did, Thanks, Kristen, did you see the picture of Mark Zuckerberg with his shirt off next to two other MMA fighters this week? Yeah. No. I know I'm not Kristen, but yeah, I did. Wow. I did too. He was ripped. Yeah. Really? I was impressed. He's put in some work. Huh. I mean, where does he find the time and money to do that? I mean, when he just <laughs> eats like fruit and soy, I mean, 
What are you going to do? Wow, everyone else uh, had the same problem on the stream. Oh, no. Dame, if our audio is messed up for this show, I'm going to fist fight someone. Sorry, Ben. (laughs) I could win. If you you had to pick somebody in the office right now, who would it be? That I'm going to fist fight? Yeah. Well, there's no one here that I could actually win against. I know. Is there? Gigi's really tired, so that might be a good... Um. I wouldn't fight Gigi. She's delightful. Right. So I don't know. I can't beat up anybody. Okay. All right. Except Ben. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Um <laughs> Jason is the most <laughs> show thing ever. <laughs> Jason says, I let it keep skipping for the 15 seconds because just in case it was a bit. <laughs> That's oh, funny. That's really we've gaslighted people that badly you know we we got a really nice compliment from a financial professional on twitter a couple weeks ago and it's times like these that i wonder if he questions his his ability to judge content and character (laughs) (laughs) oh jameson (laughs) wait hold on (laughs) pete and repeat i loved it um i i can't say a lot about this danza ask a question about a family olympics that may or may not have occurred and i cannot comment on that thank you good day um that's all i can say that's all i can say okay let's do my column in three two I have to get that Google search off my phone so I can. <laughs> <laughs> I just went to turn, start the clock and I, I see an image of a, the Google search. Oh. Did it pop up an image? I'm sure it popped well, up an image, an image when you it see it. It looked like a, like a steer. I didn't, I didn't click through. I just looked at the word because it was highlighted in the link that you sent me. So. Three, two, one. In a second. <laughs> Back on the Pete the Planner show. Dame, I wrote a newspaper column this past morning in which uh, I, I drew off an experience I've had interviewing people for an open position at our company this week. So I don't know if you know how job interviews work, Kristen, but here's what happens. <laughs> at least here. In the first 30 minutes, uh, it was a 30-minute screener sort of interview. You learn about the person's background. And then with like seven-ish minutes to go, like, okay, well, I've had you in front of the firing squad. Uh, why don't you uh, take your turn asking me a few questions? I say it like that, and everyone feels real charmed and entertained. And three or four times this week, people would say, okay, after hearing about me and looking at my resume, what gives you pause about hiring me to fill this position? And I'm like, okay, okay. I like this question because I happen to be in a very candid, transparent mindset these days. And so I would just tell them, I'm like, well, here's the thing. You don't have experience doing this. I'm a little worried about this. I think you're inexperienced about this. And so I don't know if it's like a, a way to trick me into saying, well, nothing. I think you should start tomorrow. But what I ended up doing was like, well, hey, this sort of stinks and you're not so good at this. And anyway, so I started thinking about it. I'm like, wouldn't it be amazing, Kristen, if you went to your financial planner and you said, after they put together a plan, and you say, okay, what gives you pause about my ability to accomplish and succeed at this plan? Wouldn't that be interesting? It'd be very interesting. What if you change the word my to our? Well, I like my 
but I will I will hear the our argument. Mm-hmm. But here's why I like my. I think so often a client and arguably a financial advisor think it's the the factors and the levers of chance, inflation, rate of return, the economy. But what if what if the premise of those variables is off? A person's willingness to take risk or that they need 11% to accomplish the plan and then that itself is something you can't deliver on. Does that change your perspective or you still think it's our? I think it could be both. I like both. <laughs> yeah, Dame, I think why this is a hard thing is because, and, and I like it, it's because I don't think advisors are naturally wired to want to criticize their clients mm-hmm. because they don't want to lose their clients. So they're not going to be highly critical. It does provide a unique opportunity for a financial advisor to be very direct and very critical. I I would argue that this should be a part of a regular conversation with a client. If you're trying to maximize the relationship and ensure that you are going to get to a reasonable outcome or expected outcome instead of shooting for some pie in the sky that you may not really have a shot at, yeah, absolutely. But I, I also think it really depends on when this question is asked. Uh, if it's if it's asked after a number of meetings and a financial plan has been created, uh, hopefully the planner's done a great job constructing things around reality and not hopes and dreams at that point. And the outcome is what can be reasonably expected. Now, if they've baked in some assumptions, this is the time to talk about it. Like they, they you know, the, working to X point or uh, certain return targets, uh, we could have those conversations, but hopefully the end result of the plan is not going to be too far off of what could be reasonably expected. Kristen, you're a behavior expert around here. What if the question (laughs) was, are you seeing any patterns of behavior decision-making, which if left unchallenged could compromise our plan? I love that. Because I think when someone sits in front of a financial professional, they're trying to be the best version of themselves as a client. So if I, if you force me to be honest and say, maybe I'm someone who has a tendency to want to be more conservative in downturns in the market, we all know what that does to the long-term potential of a financial plan. Force me to be honest about that because that makes me a better client and that makes our relationship better professional to client. Dame. Kristen just said something that I've never, ever considered, and it's so true. People are on their best behavior when they're sitting in front of their financial professional. It, it, it's like you, you see a cop running radar gun and your foot just goes off the accelerator. You're All of a sudden, your behavior is modified based on the situation in front of you. you, you, are you bu- I'm buying what she's saying. Are you buying it? A million percent. Uh, that it, we, nobody wants to look... Um, I should say it takes a very confident person to be able to walk into a meeting like that and just tell it like it is because you're going to hedge it. I think a lot of people experience a similar thing when they go to a doctor or some other professional. They're going to skew the, the, res, the, the responses a little bit towards making them look a little bit better, even if it's to their detriment long term. They want to feel okay or more acceptable. Uh, about what's going on in their lives in the moment. Kristen, financial advisors love to compare themselves to 
medical professionals, you know, <laughs> they don't, they love it. They absolutely love it. Which then has me thinking, wouldn't this also be an amazing question to ask your physician at a wellness visit? What gives you pause about my ability to stay healthy? Like, Ooh, and you've got to want to hear the answer too. That's the, that's the idea of candor and transparency is you've got to want the like, well, the fact that you're carrying 63 extra pounds, Peter, it isn't not really helpful, right? Like you got to want to hear it. Yeah. You have to want to hear it. And then you also have to be prepared to be vulnerable, to learn about things that you probably don't understand. That's why you're seeking out a professional. If you knew everything there was to know about financial planning, investing, et cetera, you wouldn't need that person, especially if your behavior was in check. So you also have to be prepared for that vulnerability and be prepared to learn. Yeah. Somebody who asks that question, I feel like is already prepared to do the work. They, they know that there's potentially something that's out there that, that could trip them up. And they need somebody else to point it out for them. They can't see with that experience and that clarity and that perspective on what that may be. And if there is something out there, tell me what it is. What what could that be? Or can I provide some more uh, detail into what you've identified to see if it really is that issue that you've you've highlighted? What if, though, back to the original premise of people at job interviews asking this question, they ask it because they see it's a good question to ask but then they aren't actually the sort of person that can handle that level of intense feedback. That occurred to me as I unloaded on a young man earlier this week when he asked the question. I didn't unload on him. I was very kind, but I was very honest. Uh, like, I mean, the situation we're talking about with financial advisors and doctors, like it, there's no list of questions that you go into and uh, other than my column that says, go do that. But on a job interview, if that's not your actual mindset, but you ask it because it's a good question to ask because it makes you look good, that could actually backfire on your 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 mentality, no? Yeah, not only your mentality, but also, I mean, if there was any question from the person you were interviewing with and they just started mentioning things, they're like, oh, yeah, and this too, and that too, and th- uh, it could snowball any chance, any marginal chance you might have had might snowball into like, yeah, you need some work, kid. The thing was, Kristen, I, I've inter- I interviewed, I don't know, 10 people last this week. Four or five asked the question. There's a social media influence there somewhere. Yes. There's this woman, Amy, on TikTok. I think her name's Amy. She leads HR at a global company, and she asks, she provides questions like that. That question came from an influencer. I love it, though. Like I, I do, too. I, I think it's great. Um, I, yeah, taking feedback and not being defensive is such a life work skill that I don't think I had for a very, 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 very long time. I'm not I'm, sure I still have it. I was saying, I'm, I'm not. I don't think I have it yet. I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Kristen. I, I'll say I. I'm not, damn, I'm not acknowledging or uh, not acknowledging uh, you one way or the other. Kristen, I, I've had a conversation with you that I, I think you think that way. You absolutely think that way. I think it takes me a minute to get there. I don't think it's my gut reaction, but I think if you try, anybody can get there. All right. Let's, takes, yeah, if it takes her a minute, it takes me two days. So. <laughs> Dame does not like surprises, everybody. Nope. Surprise, jump ball. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So uh, coming up after the break, biggest waste of money of the week in the news. All that's next right here on the Pete the Planner Show. Pete the Planner.
Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I found it to be very interesting uh, interviewing people. I, I've not interviewed, I know we've hired 30 people in the last year, whatever, all told. Uh, it feels like. Uh, so I've interviewed a lot of people, but I don't know. It's just this round. They're very consistent. It's strange. Social media. It's out there. Mm-hmm. On, are you on threads, Dame? Nope. Kristen? Yeah. Are we are are we threaded like uh, good eyebrows? You and I. Um, I'm pretty sure that you requested to follow me. I haven't gone through to follow oh, anyone. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> no, I haven't done anything with it. But you were on the platform before me, and it gave people the option to just like follow everyone that they follow on Instagram. And I think you did that, and I didn't. Are you you're on Threads? Me? Yes. Yeah. Why? I don't know. You don't even use the social media you have. I don't know, Dad. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen, I didn't like how you re- you said you requested <clears throat> to follow me. That made me... I feel so bad about myself now. Oh, I'm sorry. I, a, that's just how it's set up. Clicked, that wasn't a slight at you specifically. That's it how it like, works. Just follow all... It's just like, <laughs> follow your Instagram people? Like, sure. What, I, what am I going to sit here and... Just choose young women to follow because you've made me seem like I'm going to there's going to be a like a, a documentary about me or something. No, that's just how threads works. At least somebody didn't intimate that you were uh, removing teenage pants on a show. This oh, top one percent podcast. Top one percent. Maybe not anymore. No, look. no we're, we're locked in. That's yeah. the point. As long as we keep showing up, we stay. That's the thing. That's the, that's the beauty of it all. We can never lose top one percent because so many terrible podcasts come out on a regular basis that fail. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's like the greatest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> oh, and all I did was not die. Just keep hitting the record button. Just, just put them out there. It's just content. <sighs> okay. I'm gonna keep going here. The show's gotten a little better. A little. A little. Wow. I think it's been a lot better. Really, Kristen? Yeah. Is there something that I've said on the show that gives you pause <laughs> about my ability to have a successful career? Uh, not anything specific. I just feel like the vibe is off today, and I think I, I am a large contributor to that. And I just want to be clear that I am a huge contributor to the vibe being off today. Jeremiah says he was looking for the live stream on Threads. <laughs> Jeremiah, first off, I got to go here shortly, but I looked to see if we could live stream on Threads. You can't do it yet with Streamyard, which is how we stream the show. But I am going to Dame. Ready for this? I'm going to no longer stream on Twitter as soon as I can stream on threads. Wow. And and if I, in the spirit of transparency, I need to tell you why. I already know why. We know why. Okay. (laughs) I want to contribute to the failure of Twitter. I know. And here's the problem with me saying this. I know people have jobs. They can go work somewhere else. They'll be fine. And you're like, oh, but investors will lose money. Nope. Just one. Just one. <laughs> Good day. Oh, wait. Sorry. Is that a little harsh? I can't wait to see you drive a Tesla someday. I'm never going to drive a Tesla. Mm. Mm. I can't wait to see Mrs. Planner drive a Tesla someday. 
you dare since speak her name on the air? I didn't say her name. Okay, here we go. Uh, three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner show is... I'm pulling it up, everybody. Just relax. Calm down. The Urwork Space-Time Blade Clock. Urwork takes Hote Horlogerie to the next level with its... Did I say that wrong, Dame? I, I, I can see the word that you said. I'm not sure if it was pronounced right or not. Horlogerie. Horlogerie? Yeah. Anyway, uh, to the next level with its Space-Time Blade. The Swiss watchmaker partners with Dalibor Farney... Bless you. <laughs> to build a clock manifested from our sci-fi fantasies. It tells time on a saber-like glass column displaying hours, minutes, seconds, and kilometers or kilometers with glowing numerals. The dial is held up by a sculptured bronze pedestal standing nearly four feet tall. Kristen, this looks like a lightsaber. I mean, it just mm-hmm. looks like... Mm-hmm. It, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's it looks like an industrial take on a lightsaber. Yeah. Ste- steampunk kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like Edison bulbs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and it's Chris- four foot tall. Right. It's so, yes, like okay. a small child. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kristen, how much does the Urwork Space Time Blade Clock cost? Does it cost $900? $900 is one guess. Damon? Uh, I'm going to go with $23,000. Oh, that's a big difference. (laughs) That is a big difference. Okay, now here's what we're going to do. Kristen, back to you. Do you want to stick closer to yours or do you want to go closer to Dame's guess? Closer to mine. Price is right rules. Okay. Nobody. The answer is $52,000. Oh, my word. More than 900 in most countries. Dame, what's in the news this week? The Biden administration announced on Friday, uh, check local listings for today, it would automatically forgive $39 billion in student debt for just over 800,000 borrowers. The relief is a result of fixes of the student loan system's income-driven repayment plans. And under those repayment plans, borrowers get to uh, get any remaining debt canceled by the government after they've made payments for 20 years or 25 years, depending on when they borrowed and their loan type and uh, loan uh, plan type. Sorry, I can read. In the past, payments that should have moved a borrower closer to being debt-free were not accounted for, according to the Biden administration. To bring people over the line for forgiveness, the Biden administration counted payments for borrowers who'd paused their payments and certain deferments and forbearances and those who'd made partial or late payments. The Education Department will notify eligible borrowers in the coming days. All right. So basically people who've been paying on their loans for 20 to 25 years are having Mm -hmm. their loans forgiven? Yes. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with this. None. Dame? Uh, in, in practice, I have, or in concept, I have no problem with it. I just, one of the things I hate is stuff that always moves and like we're just tweaking rules and we're trying to find ways to do an end around on 
on this whole deal. I, I, I want some consensus on it. I want people to agree on it. And I want something to happen once and for all instead of just kind of chipping away and being cute with some of these things. If this li- literally should have happened, fine. Have at it. And this is just one more reason for us to be upset at the government because they screwed something up and made people drag this out longer than they should have. But man, this just feels yuck. I both agree with you and disagree with you. I agree that I don't like the end around. I don't feel like this one is an end around. I did feel like last week when we, or two weeks ago when we did the, the infamous Supreme court ruling stream, (laughs) which was, man, a lot of bad shows recently. Anyway, uh, I felt like the idea right after that, they're like, oh, we're going to go through the Department of Education now and have like that mm-hmm. is an end around, right? That's the same mm-hmm. thing end around. I think that is where I, I, I'm i like, eh, this seems targeted to um, not voters and doesn't feel targeted to the youngs. It feels targeted to people who are in deep distress 20, 25 years into a career still burdened by student loans. So that's why... I totally agree with you. I just don't think this is the end around. Yeah, maybe. I just like I said, you know, if if it was originally set up to where these payments should have been counted towards uh, forgiveness, then absolutely get your act together and give people credit for what they should have had it for. But if you're now changing the rules and say, you know what, we we can count those toward, towards for forgiveness, um, that just feels I don't know. Uh, like I said, just come to a solution and, and get this over with so we can stop talking about it every other week. What else is in the news? Bank of America slapped with a $250 million oh. fine for junk fees. That's right. Regulators penalized the U.S.'s second biggest bank for a series of consumer abuses, including, Pete, opening credit card accounts without consent. charging overdraft fees twice and improperly withholding credit card rewards. These fines are part of the CFPB, that's Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and their war against junk fees, uh, overdraft charges, stuff like that. Uh, This added hundreds of millions of dollars to Bank of America's top line between 2018 and 2022. This all happened recently. You'd think they would have learned their lesson from somebody named Wells Fargo. Kristen, do you think it... $7 $7 billion settlement. $250 million fine to Bank of America. Do you think that's going to affect my stock pick of Bank of America this year? <laughs> um, it wasn't doing well before, so maybe it's just all a moot point. Actually, let's take Go a ahead, look. Yeah. Let's Go take ahead. a look at Bank of America. When did that news come out? This week, right, Dame? Yes. Okay. So let's see. One week, uh, five day. What has it done? Um, um, you know, I, it came out yesterday. Do you think? I think uh, this week. I, I don't. I'm not sure when. It's not too bad. Maybe it was. <laughs> maybe maybe the two fifty was priced in. You never know. Sure, it's down eleven percent on the year, but whatever. What else is in the news? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, U.S. online sales during Amazon's Prime Day shopping event rose 6.1% to $12.7 billion from last year as inflation hit Americans hunted for discounts on the e-commerce platform. Shoppers spent $6.3 billion alone on the second day of the big sale as deep discounts on products such as toys and appliances drew customers in that who have otherwise cut their non-essential purchases due to rising prices. Amazon said that over the two-day event, Prime members bought more than 375 million 
items worldwide and saved more than two and a half billion on several deals, making it the biggest Prime Day ever. I want to say I ordered, you know, the little um, circle batteries that come in mm-hmm. like for uh, 2032s. Yeah. yeah, 2032s. Yeah. I ordered a two pack because I needed to replace key fob batteries. They came in a box the size of a shoe box. <laughs> There's a reason for <laughs> not that. a padded envelope. <laughs> no, a shoebox. Uh, Kristen, Amazon was originally a bookseller. Like it mm-hmm. was, uh, that's all they did. And, but to prove the model until they, they grew things out. And, and at the time when they came out, like I wasn't a book buyer. Like, right? like I didn't read a lot of books. Uh, now they sell everything and all I do is read anymore. So like the last five purchases I've personally made on Amazon are all individual books. Uh, book buyer Kristen, or are you using amazon for the fashion i use amazon for literally everything but my prime day purchase was a new kindle so oh whoa that was meta and i dealt main threads did you get the kind that you can write on doesn't amazon have one that you can write on now they have one but i just wanted it strictly for reading hmm. yeah fantastic uh all right everybody the show is over that's it it's done I mean, in a few seconds here, but listen, next week on the show, here's what we're doing. Uh, if you listen to the live stream, it's going to be on Thursday, 10 a.m. when we're recording. For the weekend, folks, it's just going to be on the weekend. Nothing to see here. It's all the same. Kristen, thank you for your just vast contributions today. Yeah, you're welcome. Dame, thanks so much for all of the energy you brought to the show. I tried. To the rest of you, sending good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the Pete the Planner Show. All right. It looks like people are putting in their Prime Day purchases. Go right ahead. Uh, fill up the the thread, and we'll uh, we'll judge you accordingly. Chris, you bought a Kindle. Dane bought twenty thirty twos. I bought yep. nothing actually. I bought a book this morning, but Prime Day was a couple days ago. So, oh, what's going to happen next? Like literally in our days, because I mean, oh. I'm going to need some calories or something here. Uh, uh, Kristen oh. and I have a, a fabulous phone call scheduled. Uh, with uh, our head of product in just a little while who's angling for his own appearance on our show for a crypto corner. <laughs> here's the here's the promise I made to our friend. Mm-hmm. If crypto hits 100, or pardon me, Bitcoin hits $100,000 a coin, he can be on the show. And oh. he was very excited about that wager. Because he's a believer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I said there's a better chance that I am dead <laughs> prior to Bitcoin hitting a hundred thousand dollars, which would make his appearance on the show not possible. Oh, you're not leaving the show to Kristen and I, I don't know. Uh, we'll it's see called the Pete, the planner show. Okay. Let's, let's we do this. That. <laughs> this is very real. This is not a game. This is life. Kristen right now. <laughs> what's, what's more likely Okay. Bitcoin hits $100,000 per coin first, or I'm dead. What is more likely? The latter. I'm dead? Mm-hmm. Damon? Damon. <laughs> I love calling you Damon. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I love it. You call- Dame, Damon, and then Damien, and that order is, is the, the totally. names that you, that you choose for me. I get so uncomfortable <laughs> calling you Damien. Uh, so uncomfortable. 
It makes my skin crawl. Yeah. Dame, more likely Bitcoin $100,000 per coin or I'm dead. What's going to happen first? Uh, I am going to lobby that we put a Bitcoin logo on your tombstone uh, because and then we'll just put the date that it hits $100,000 beside that so that, you know, have your dates and then Bitcoin $100,000 date just to be recognized forever. I, I will be so dead by the time Bitcoin hits 100000 It's fine because then I won't have to hear people talk about it. <laughs> Took the easy way out. <laughs> I mean, the extreme, but easy way. All right. Um, this was Rick, something. This was something, right? Rick, Rick agrees. I should just go for Andrew. Yeah, mm. I called you Dad earlier in the show, which was actually a reference to your name, Damian Andrew Dunn. Oh, yeah. Okay, Kristen, I can tell you want to go. It's fine. She and wants Dame, to go to bed. I want to go too. I'm tired. <laughs> All right, Kristen. Thank you for your efforts today. I wasn't joking. I appreciate it. I know it's biz travel can take it out of you. Well, thank you for that. All right, Dame. You have no excuse. Nope. <laughs> um, all right. See you, everybody. Stay getting money.